Yep, good. All right, I'm here with Brian Boucher. Brian Boucher is the head coach at CrossFit Thoroughbreds, as long as a physical therapist, but not in the typical sense of what you would think at. And we're going to talk a little bit about that on today's episode. But first of all, welcome to Best Hour of Their Day, Brian. Thank you, Jason. Happy to be here. I met you recently, or I should say maybe re-met you. I never know if it was the first time or not, but at your level two. The, I believe, believe the first time we met was at a, a Thunderdome, one of the competitions out of Florida. So. so that was the first time I met you, but more recently when I saw you, you were, you were taking your CrossFit level two seminar. Uh, no, I took my, I took my level two with uh, Jenny. Um, I saw you most recently at the affiliate gathering. That's where it was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My bad. Okay. So I saw you at the affiliate gathering. That's right. You guys have been around for, for, for that long in, in Florida, huh? Yes. Yeah. Our gym opened in 2007. So 2007, is that what you said? I think late 2009 was when I started as a member. Yeah. Yes. That was pretty, I mean, for, for that area of Florida, that's a, that's an old box. Wouldn't you say like one of the longest standing boxes in town? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the original, the, the guy who opened our box, he and uh, his partner at the time were the, were the original box. They split into two, so there were kind of two that could claim the original. Um, and then uh, they actually closed and we absorbed some of them. So I, I'd say we're the original box in Fort Myers again. Yeah, I mean, and now Fort Myers, so, you know, having lived in Naples for five years and, and seeing that growth there, Fort Myers is very busy with boxes. Although what I have noticed in that area is some boxes have come and gone. Yes. Yeah. So we have, we've got a couple boxes that I'd say are kind of running distance and we've had others that we've seen come and go. What is it about CrossFit Thoroughbred that's kept you around for so long? So tell me, you know, elevator pitch. If someone comes up to Brian Boucher, what do you say about CrossFit Thoroughbred to get people to want to come in? Honestly, I think it's the same thing that we do with, with CrossFit is that, you know, show up on show up on monday and you know live it because i don't think you can capture it in words it's you know the same with, with crossfit as a whole every gym is going to tell you oh we got the, the best community the best coaching honestly i think most of them do have wonderful communities and wonderful coaching um so you got to go and live it yeah that's what dr sean pastuch we've had on the show a couple of times always says tell me what makes your box special but don't say community or programming <laughs> right you know and most people have a have a really hard time with that. So let me ask you this. What did you think about the affiliate gathering? I loved it. I was the opportunity to get to go. And uh, I felt like we were just retreated so well the whole weekend. My only complaint was that I wanted more time there. Yeah, I mean, by the time you, it's like your typical weekend getaway. By the time you get there and, and wake up after travel, it's like you have a day and a half and you just want to do so much. and there were so many people that we could be interacting with. I mean, like this, for example, but, but so many, you know, OGs that you saw back in the day in the forum and all those, you know, random faces that you, that you bump into every few years. Right. That's why I told people after it that I, I felt like every, you know, every minute I got down, I'd sit at a different table with a different group of people. And every time I met somebody interesting, I learned something new. So let me ask you this, it, this day and age in CrossFit, there's a lot of people, you know, giving pushback to 
you know, whether it's HQ or Coach Glassman, having been around for so long and being such a big part of the, the CrossFit culture and community, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think people are right in their, in their stance there, or do you think they're just being a little too entitled? I love what's been happening. Um, when, when I came into CrossFit as a, as a coach, I came in first as a member, and I was working full-time as a physical therapist at that point. When I came in as a coach, it's largely because I saw the health benefits that people were getting, and I felt like in the clinic, a lot of times my hands were tied by insurance, but in the affiliate, they were giving us the tools and letting us do you know, what, we, what we wanted with them. And so I always saw it as, you know, as a health movement. And I'm glad that now there's more of a push to show that aspect of it. So even back in the day when most physical therapists and chiropractors would you know, take the stance of CrossFit's dangerous, you were at the forefront leading the, leading the doctors and saying, hey, this is actually really good for you? Well, I, I would say that I was fortunate enough to not come in with a bias. At the time that I started CrossFit, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know much about it. I didn't hear a lot of people talking about it. And I, I just saw that there was Olympic weightlifting and gymnastics and these different elements that were interesting. When I came in, I had a phenomenal experience. And then when I started telling other, other PTs and other health professionals, then I heard some of the, oh, you do that? Um, and I was, you know, course kind of surprised that there was this negative reaction because I was having such a positive experience. So so being that you're not a you know typical PT meaning you you do mostly teaching not necessarily spending a lot of time at a physical practice what are some of the things you would encourage your fellow PTs to recommend to their clients and 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 where does that fit into kind of the role of the physical therapist these days? Um, as for recommending the clients, as far as health practices, exercise? Well, I think a lot of people would show up at their physical therapist, say they did have an injury from CrossFit or from something else. It's very uncommon for that physical therapist to turn around and say, hey, have you looked into CrossFit? Mm -hmm. What can we do to get physical therapists to understand that? And where would you tell them to start? Well, I think for the, the ones that are practicing, you know, that are already out in the field that are practicing, it comes back to if, if you want to work with the CrossFit community, you have to see what we're doing and understand it. Because a lot of it, I've, you know, heard opinions from people that have never stepped foot in a box. And you really can't have an opinion if you never step foot in a box. Um, for the students that are coming up, I feel like the younger generation, there's a lot of interest. And so for myself, the students that I interact with, I try to give them as much information, as much of a you know, clear understanding as possible. Uh, but I think we'll see a generational shift. I think that the, the clinicians that are out there just haven't, a lot of them haven't been exposed to it. Uh, the ones that are coming up, a lot of them are being exposed to it, but the traditional education system, it's, there's not, it's not, strength and conditioning is not a component that is you know, heavily um, you know, invested in, in the PT curriculum. And so that's something that, you know, personally, I would also like to see change so that PTs do understand. Are you known as kind of the CrossFit PT in the area and at the school? Yeah, I would say I, uh, I would be as far as at the school. Um, I left full-time clinical practice about five years ago to really focus on teaching and coaching. And so I don't 
really market myself as the CrossFit PT, but definitely as far as you know, education goes, um, the uh, there within physical therapy and even within exercise science, which I, I teach for exercise science students as well, there aren't a lot of people that have a good understanding of CrossFit. So I definitely try to you know, step up and fill that role. And, and when it's a physical therapist, do you do anything different to get them to understand it? Do you, do you dive a little deeper into the anatomy and the whys, or is it the same thing? Hey, come on in and, and work out. It's largely the same thing, just maybe couch it a little bit differently. I would say the whys, it, a physical therapist should be able to resonate with the whys pretty easily. Um, you know, whether you're a PT or a coach, we're all about functional movement. And so sometimes I just have to try to point out the parallels there that are pretty obvious once you take a look. There's things, uh, things that we work on. If you ask any PT what the most important exercise in their arsenal is, you'd probably get back answers like a sit-to-stand. Well, a sit-to-stand is just a squat that we do from a chair. So it's not hard to make those connections. And once people see that we're all working towards the same goal, it's a little easier to get that buy-in. But what do you do? Have you had any... PTs just completely argumentative and narrow-minded and not willing to even venture into the world of CrossFit? And, and if so, what's your best course of action other than just ignoring them? Well, I haven't had a lot of that personal face-to-face. -face. I think a lot of people, you know, they become keyboard warriors. So I've seen more of it online than I have face-to-face. -face. Um, as, as one example there, I try to stay out of you know, that kind of drama, but um, I saw a, a closed group group for physical therapist. Uh, somebody had posted, reposted a video of somebody falling off a bar doing kipping pull-ups and made some comment about how they love when they destroy their shoulders with kipping pull-ups. And that was one that, this, you know, that's to me was taking it too far. And so that's one I, where I responded and said that, you know, if you're, if you're ever wishing harm on a patient, you need to step out of the profession. If you don't mean it, you need to reconsider your words, but if you do need it, mean it, you need to step out of the profession. And that's where I try to come from is that, you know, we're all in it to make people happier and healthier and be able to enjoy the things that they love to do. If you don't believe that this is the best system, and that's one of the things I love about CrossFit is, you know, prove us wrong, show us a better system and we'll adopt some of those strategies and start to improve. Um, so most people are willing to have those conversations but you'll get some stubborn people that, you know, they're so against it that they almost, you know, they almost want to see people be hurt because they want everyone to do it the way they want to do it. Well, and I like that approach. It's not just one coming from the PT world, but just coming from the, hey, be a good person world. Absolutely. And, you know, no different. There's plenty of sports out there that physical therapists work with. You know, I'm always partial to the jujitsu world. And it's, if somebody got caught in an arm bar and dislocated their elbow, PT shouldn't rejoice, right? They, mm -hmm. uh, they would just help them improve. Right. So you, you brought up an interesting topic though, the kipping pull-up. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the kipping pull-up. From the PT world, what were your first thoughts of it? Um, uh, I, I think again, because I was introduced to it in a way that was reasonable. I wasn't, you know, I came into CrossFit already having some background in strength conditioning and already having done you know, years on years of strict pull-ups. So when the kipping pull-up was introduced to me personally, 
uh, I had a, you know, I had a background. I felt comfortable with it. I never felt like I was being introduced to something that I couldn't control. And so I never had a negative from the start, never had a negative perception of this. I took it as this is just, this is an element of gymnastics. Um, as I started to hear criticism, you know, I paid attention to the criticism, but I also saw because through my own personal journey that it can be done in a way that is not damaging. Um, at least, you know, I'm 10 years in and my shoulders feel, you know, better than they ever have. Um, so my opinion is that it, you know, like anything, it's about dosage, it's about how you progress to it. And I don't think anyone's having an argument against that. I don't think any coach Glassman himself would, would never advocate. And if you read in the level one training manual, there's, there's a, um, it, I'm sure you're familiar with it, there's a, a statement that yeah, at 15 pull-ups and 15 dips, it's time to start working on a muscle-up. There's progressions and there's a, you know, an order that's built in there. Um, if people are applying the system incorrectly, that's not a fault of CrossFit. Well, in addition to that, this these days, while teaching the pull-up at the level one, we tell people you should have five strict pull-ups before mm -hmm. even diving into this. Now, you know, you walk into CrossFit Thoroughbred and had some good coaches. Do you feel if you would have had a bad experience that could have completely changed your perspective as a PT? Yes. And that, I think that's unfortunate because I think there are some people that maybe did walk into a box and not have a great experience at the beginning and walked out thinking that that is what CrossFit is and they'll walk away and probably most of them won't give it a second chance and they'll continue in that perception. Let's spend a little more time on the, on the kipping pull-up. As a physical therapist, what's you, what would be your prescription? When should someone start developing a kipping pull-up? Is it, hey, day one, let's work on this gymnastics kip? Or is it come back to me when you have, you know, 20 strict pull-ups? I don't think it needs to be 20, and I don't think there's a magic number. Um, but I would generally like people to have at least five strict pull-ups. Uh, many times I'll have people start working on just the rhythm of the kip before we ever worry about, you know, the actual, like implementing the pull-up part. So they're developing their, their strict pull-up at the same time they're developing their kipping rhythm that we might even do in warm-ups and things like that. Um, and I think that's totally appropriate. I think there's a, there's a lot of wiggle room there where as a coach, you have to use your professional judgment and, you know, some of those lighter weight people have a lot more wiggle room than some of the heavier people do. Uh, just less mechanical stress on their shoulders. I think professional judgment plays in, but that that five strict pull-ups is a, a very reasonable goal to set people. So let me take your PT hat off and throw on your coaching hat. You got athletes in your class and they can do kipping pull-ups, but they don't have five strict pull-ups. How do you handle that? That's a tough conversation. A lot of the way that I, you know, that I handle that is I program a lot of strict pull-ups. So we get lots of opportunities to work on it so that uh, try to avoid on the front end, try to avoid that because we're working so much to develop that strict strength and to have that understanding that that strict strength is valued. Uh, I'm always happy, you know, I'm, I'm in no way against skipping, but I'm always happy when I see strict movements show up in competition because I believe that just gives people some incentive to train those things. You know, so as a coach, I'm always pushing people to train. I see other coaches doing the same. But from the athlete perspective, they want to get good at the competition movement. So I'm always happy and to, to see that. And I personally, I'll, I'll put that frequently into programming. 
to push people to work on that, you know, that just platform strength. So you're doing your own programming, you put in strict pull-ups. Is that something that you've always done or have you taken more recently uh, a stance there and saying we need that? And if so, was that hit with any, you know, pushback from your members that wanted to go with butterfly or kipping pull-ups? No, I think that's something that I've always done. The prior to CrossFit, like I said, I you know, I was working out. I had I did undergrad my undergrad in human performance, so I, I studied exercise, but I had never done any uh, kipping anything prior to CrossFit. So I did I had lots of you know, strict work um, behind me then, and I always saw value in that. So strict pull-ups have always been something I feel like they've they've never gone away from me. Uh, kipping has just added another option, another layer to that. What's your favorite scaling for pull-ups? Uh, I would say the toe-assisted. So the toe-assisted or toenail, the one that they teach, I believe they're still teaching this way at the CrossFit Gymnastics Seminar. Uh, prior to that, we used to do a lot more bands. And I really pushed everyone. I, I took away bands basically entirely and was not letting anyone use bands for pull-ups. Uh, because I just saw that they were developing this dependence on the bands and this weakness at the, the lower end. So the initiation of the pull-up, the relatively weak in that and got really people into those toenail push uh, pull-ups. And I felt like that helped a lot. Now I will use a variety. So we use ring rows, we use the toenail pull-up, we use bands depending on the, you know, the intended stimulus of that workout, but that's still probably my go-to. And then if it's a, you know, something, where we have the luxury of, of time and people, partner assisted, I'm a fan of as well. When you say partner assisted, the old school bodybuilding, bend your knees, grab your feet? Yes. Uh, you know, I still love those. You know, right now, hitting a lot of strict pull-ups, especially with the muscle anarchy programming. And I love when I got a partner and you can just spot there because you can really squeeze. You can tell that you're using the right musculature and the right stability muscles in the shoulders and the back. So great scaling options. And I think at the class level, it's just great to, you know, build that camaraderie and, and, and almost have that little bro sesh going on in the, in the box. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's something that if you can capture those moments when people feel like they're, uh, you know, getting that, those bro moments. What's, what's one thing in the last 10 years of CrossFit that you've really enjoyed that you look forward to more of, and what's one thing that you haven't loved? Uh, see, as far as enjoyed the whole CrossFit health movement, what I would say would be the biggest thing that, um, that to me has been exciting because it's sort of bringing together the two worlds and it's exposing that there are a lot of other people who feel the way that I feel. Um, yeah, I always, I mean, I, I, I always knew that I was not the only one, but I'm seeing more and more PTs and physicians and other people within the medical world that are saying, hey, we buy into this, we understand what this is for, and we want to be a part of making this great. So that's been, the, I'd say, the thing that has really um, got me even more fired up about CrossFit. So having been at the affiliate gathering, watching Coach Glassman's presentation, and you know, seeing that there is pushback from the majority in the CrossFit world, I'd say, although maybe it's shrinking now, what would you tell them is so great about the push for CrossFit health? I think that, uh, I, I will butcher if I tried to give the exact quote, but um, 
Coach Glassman said, you know, something along the, the lines of that you know, it would be a, a fault of character to look at the games and look at reversal of diabetes and think that the games is more important. So as fun and as wonderful and as great as it is, that's I think when people can put those two things in perspective and just stack the, you know, athletic competition versus potentially saving a life, that to me, that should be reason enough to buy it. Have you had any members at your box lose 100 pounds? Uh, I don't know that we've broke the 100 pound mark. We've had some pretty high numbers. And that's something that I think, I'm hoping with the, the CrossFit Health Initiative that we'll see more of that because there'll be more willingness for those people to step into the box. Yeah, right. I mean, I think, you know, from the affiliate level and a box owner level, this push for CrossFit Health is amazing. You know, I've, I've said it for years that the competition at the affiliate level is not with other boxes, but it's with these other gyms mm -hmm. and global gyms and all these boutique gyms that are opening up and showing the world that, I mean, F45 and Orange Theory, they're not showing 400 and 500 pound people coming in and losing weight like CrossFit is. You know, CrossFit is showing the world that, hey, this is for anybody. And if you do this, you can really change your life. I mean, Coach Glassman, I, I believe he said, you know, most boxes, you know, it, at some point in the near future, will have someone that has lost 100 pounds. Mm -hmm. So well, what's one thing? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was going to say on that note that I always, when it comes to, you know, competition, always my perspective is 100% is that, you know, my competition is not the box down the road. You know, most of the other box owners in the area, coaches in the area, they're all friends of mine and we're all working towards the same goal. I 100% agree there. I would even take it so far to say that, you know, my competition is also not the, you know, the F45 or the Orange Theory, if they're genuine. Any of those facilities that are genuinely trying to get people in, if you're selling people false promises or you're banking on selling memberships and the people not showing up, then your competition in the sense that you're working against my goal. You know, my goal is to get people fitter and healthier. The people that are working against that are people that are not, you know, not trying to get people into the gym or the ones that are trying to get them to do unhealthy behavior. So that's, you know, I'm all for the, the kickback against big soda and those things, because to me, that's our competition. If our goal is to make people healthy, that's who's working against us. So, you know, you, you mentioned having a good relationship with other box owners and there's like we discussed earlier, quite a few great boxes out there in, in the Fort Myers area. Do you guys ever get together, talk about best practices, uh, talk about, you know, doing some things together as a way to promote the community? Yes, some, something I would certainly like to do more of. Um, there is some, you know, some of that going on. And uh, as an educator, I've, I've brought my students into a few different boxes in the area when I could make it fit with the learning objectives that we have for the class. So I bring them in to show what other coaches who I respect in the area are doing. And the side benefit is I get, I get to learn from them as well. well. What are some things that CrossFit Thoroughbred is currently doing? You know, we get a lot of box owners listening. It's 2020 now. What are some things you're doing now to prepare yourself for a successful, you know, not just year, decade, et cetera, but also, you know, the next 10 years at the box? Uh, well, for one, um, you know, I function there as head coach. And 
I kind of fell into that role being just the, the one that had the most credentials um, when we, we changed ownership. You know, some years back, I was one of those credentials. I kind of fell into that role and I love it. I love coaching. I love um, programming. I love being there for our community. But I personally, I've been doing a lot of my own homework, including listening to, the, to your podcast, Jason. Well, uh, thank you very much. But to be to step up and be not just a better, I, in the previous years, I was focused on you know, how do I be a better coach? Now I'm, I feel like I'm just, just now learning, okay, how, how do I be a better head coach? Meaning how do I help all my other coaches be better coaches too? So that, that's what I'm personally taking some responsibility for 2020 and beyond. And what, and what are some things, you know, whether or not you learn them from the podcast, but, you know, if we get a lot of coaches listening and a lot of head coaches listening and, you know, Fern and I discussed one of the biggest issues, you know, in the CrossFit coaching space is there isn't a whole lot of development. You know, people take their level one and for, for 90% of CrossFit trainers, that's the furthest they get. A handful come back to their level two and in between there's minimal development. What are you doing? and, you know, tangible stuff that the listeners can maybe implement at their box? Well, one of the things that we've just recently done is uh, just asking my my other coaches to create goals for 2020. We, you know, we have our members all creating goals and we all have our own personal fitness goals. Uh, I've always kind of had in the, you know, the back of my mind, I have goals for this is the course I want to take, you know, and this, but I, this is the first year personally that I have written down my coaching goals and asked our other coaches to do the same. I want to you know, treat it the same way. If we're asking our members to go through this process to develop their fitness, then we're going through the same process to develop ourselves as professional coaches. So starting off with goals and do you mind sharing? I don't know if you have them in front of you or remember any. Do you, do you have any goals from some of your coaches? It'd be just good to hear kind of what the, typical coach thinks of when it comes to development? Mm -hmm. um, I don't have them right in front of me, but I'll share the ones that come to mind. And uh, one of the first ones that just pops to mind, and the reason this does is because it's one of the simplest. One of our coaches was respond. Uh, she's a coach who uh, works another full-time job. So she's coaching certain hours and she doesn't get as many opportunities to learn names. So that was, you know, coming, it's exactly what I wanted to hear, but coming from her is just step up my game when it comes to learning other people's names, learning their backstories, all of that. Uh, because she's already, she's like me, she's you know, spent a lot of time developing herself as a coach, taking courses, things like that. And I know I, you know, in listening to your podcast, I keep hearing from the best coaches in the world say the same, it's back to the simple things, back to know people's name, know their story, keep the bathroom clean, like the simplest things. Uh, so that's, I think sometimes the for the experienced coaches, what we what we need to do is set the goals of go back and revisit the really the fundamentals. You know, just like go back going back and practicing your air squat. Well, the you know the air squat of coaching is things like knowing names. And 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 what do you do for them? What do you tell them to do other than direct them to our podcast where we talk about how to learn names? You mean what do we do as far as learning names? Yeah, what are some you know what are some drills you might implement there? Uh, so we have a, a student intern who he's a one of my FGCU exercise science students who's interning with us, and so he's he's brand new, and his goal, you know, his week one and week two goals have been learning names, 
And for him, because he's brand new right off, I'm just quizzing him. I just periodically, and I won't warn him, I'll just say, hey, what were the you know, names of the people in the four o'clock class? And he's pretty good at rattling them off. Um, his goal now is to start using them. And this is the, you know, the goal for all the coaches would be to use names at least three times. So bare minimum that people get greeted, people get a goodbye, and you give them one uh, action, minimal, you know, one actionable cue using their name throughout the class. Um, I'm not sure if that was one that was on a was a Ben Bergeron policy or where where I, I picked that up from someone else anyhow, but that bare minimum of you know touch point at the beginning, the end, and somewhere in the middle. Yeah, absolutely. Fern and I talk about it a lot, but mm -hmm. you should be using you know an athlete's name or a member's name you know at least once in every evolution of class, being the whiteboard brief, the warm up, et cetera, and a great challenge for for the listeners to to give them the next time they are coaching a wad and, and try to use everybody's name multiple times. Well, Brian, as far as CrossFit Thoroughbred, you kind of talked to us about what's coming next. You talked to us about coaching. What about in the physical therapy world? What are some things you're excited about, especially as it relates to the CrossFit space? Well, I'm excited to hopefully see the education on CrossFit and on strength and conditioning in general grow. Um, physical therapy programs, as far as the education goes, are very, very standardized. There's an organization called CAPTI that is responsible for making sure we meet all the criteria. And uh, so that's a very standardized process. And we really, it's one of those situations where you kind of have to teach to the test. The licensing exam as a PT will have a lot of content on it, but uh, content's not going to relate specifically to CrossFit or strength and conditioning. So that makes it a slow process to change. We always have to be you know, preparing students for that test. We don't have a lot of room to insert a lot of uh, other information, but I'll be teaching the uh, therapeutic exercise courses for a PTA program starting this year. And I've planted some seeds. I would love to get some strength and conditioning in the local doctor physical therapy program that I, I'm involved with. Um, but there's, there are other people around the country and around the world making for that push as well to teach PTs more and not to make PT strength coaches, but to teach a little bit more of an understanding of strength and conditioning that would allow them to communicate better with coaches. So that's one of my goals for the profession for the education side is to get more of that, uh, clearer line of communication there. Well, that's really great to hear. How, how many CEUs and how often do you guys need to you know, recertify in the PT world? Uh, it's due every two years, and I would have to look to tell you the number of CEUs. The, as an educator, I feel kind of obligated to always be staying on top of things, so um, I've never had an issue of needing to get CEUs at the end. Uh, I'll look oftentimes for things that I can use for, if I can use something for my PT and for my CrossFit level three, and they've been pretty good about accepting some of the things that I've submitted that have been dual purpose. Um, but uh, I, I, I end up taking a lot of CEUs. So I've never run into a, even really needing to count the numbers because I'm usually over before we get there, but it's every, it's every two years. I'm the same. We have to recertify our level four credential every three years. And I think I've doubled the CEUs that they actually need. Oh, yeah. Do they accept the CrossFit level one course? Uh, not that I don't believe so. I didn't try to sit when I took my level one, I did not try to submit it for PTCUs. Um, 
I don't think so. There are some courses in the in the space, and there's there's you know more developing all the time that are like functional fitness related courses, but specific for PTs. Uh, and they're you know they've got a curriculum that's designed for PTs. As far as the level one, I don't believe so. Well, hopefully one day that will change. But anyway, Brian, it's been great chatting with you. Is there anything that we miss that you wanted to talk about before we we hop off and tell the people where they can find you and check out CrossFit Thoroughbred online? Uh, I don't think there's anything we need. You know, another route we need to go down now, but I'd be happy to chat anytime in the future because there's a lot to unpack between the what's going on with healthcare and what's going on with education and all that. So. I'll let you take that conversation with Fern. Yeah. Fern is the, uh, the brains behind this operation. Yeah. Um, and hopefully you'll realize that when you watch our episodes. I don't know if you saw, we, we had our first episode of dropping in, go on YouTube yesterday. So hopefully you can check that out. And we've discussed maybe doing our next season in the Florida area. Mm -hmm. So we can always swing by CrossFit Thoroughbred. But okay. where can people check you out? Uh, Facebook and Instagram is both just under my name, Brian Boucher. Uh, the gym, Instagram, gym, Facebook, gym website is uh, CrossFitThoroughbreds.com. Uh, so any of those resources. Well, it's been great chatting. We will have you back on. We really enjoy having these healthcare professionals, be it you know MDs, PTs, chiropractors. We just like hearing from the the medical world and showing the community that the direction CrossFit is going is really going to benefit them and, and make the world a better place. So thanks for being on. Thanks for all you do. And we appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. Just a reminder, Fern and I have an amazing new show called dropping in premiering on our YouTube channel in early 2020. Be sure to head over to the best hour of their day YouTube channel now, subscribe so you don't miss any of the episodes. You've probably heard us talking about it, summarizing some of our trip. You can see some highlights up on our Instagram as well, at best hour of their day. But I promise you, you're not going to want to miss out. So subscribe now. Thanks for everything you do. Thanks for letting us be a part of your lives. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Tune in tomorrow for another episode of best hour of their day.